Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Welcome you to a very exciting and special weekend that we have every year. If you're new here to Milestone, well, we welcome you and we're excited that you're here with us this weekend. I want to welcome those watching online, those making room at 1230, and also those at our McKinney campus. Would you join me in welcoming all those that are joining us? If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to look at a verse that sums up a section of scripture, verse 16, Ephesians 4, 16. You received a little special brochure on your way in, hopefully at both campuses there, and maybe many of you have had a chance to look through all of the exciting things that are happening through our church family as we are giving and serving and loving those around us. And so this is an opportunity for you to celebrate all those great things. I'm gonna talk about some more of them, highlight a few of them and help us understand a little better why this is important and how we are serving people and how you can participate in what God's doing. In fact, I wanna draw your attention to this card Everybody wave the card at me. I always feel nervous. Make sure you got one. So maybe there you got one uh, there at McKinney as well. And so this little card, we're going to come back to it at the end as a little tool for us to continue to do what God is doing among us together. Uh, I want to celebrate. We talk about being an everyone church and maybe this is your first time and you're thinking this entire church is under the age of 18. (laughs) You're like, wow, this church is full of young people. The truth is we are a multi-generational church filled with people from all different ages and different stations in life, but we unapologetically are a church that loves the next generation. We we don't wanna just have our moment, we want to make sure that we are reaching behind us to empower those coming behind us. And so I wanna say thank you as your pastor and on behalf of these young people I know who wanna tell you thank you uh, because of your investment, our, our next gen team. Can we give God a round of applause for our next gen team that does such a fantastic job from Pastor Tyron who oversees that along with Chris Lerma and then all the other uh, pastors, Jesse Wagner and And then uh, we even have ministry residents that work with this entire group of people. And so this weekend, over 500 students that are gathering to worship, they're gathering in many of your homes. So thank you to all of you that opened up your house. Come on now. So, uh, So they've been in homes and they've been having services here and I'm always excited about it because God calls young people into their destiny, he calls them into ministry, business, what we're talking about this weekend. He, he calls them into their future and he convicts them of sin and he talks to them about how you can live a righteous light, life-giving life and shine your light in your generation. And so thank you for being a church that loves this group of people right here. We love you, we love you. It's Missions Weekend, and some of you may be wondering why we would take a whole weekend to talk about this topic. Well, well, the fact is, really, it's not necessarily uh, appropriate totally just to call something Missions Weekend, because the truth is, for the person who has received Jesus Christ, the person who knows his message, his message was a distinct message, by the way. 
It wasn't just kind of move around and do good activity. Jesus gave a very clear message. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life, and no one will come to the Father except through me. So Jesus gave a very defining, exclusive, clear message. He lived his life relationally, lived his life with people. He reached out to the hurting, the disadvantaged. Jesus was always sort of upsetting the apple cart of what was status quo. And, and then as he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father who makes intercession for us today with him, then Jesus gave us a mission if you read the Gospels. He called us to live his purpose. And this weekend is really about us celebrating what we do as a church family every single day. In your workplace, in your home, in your life, wherever you are, you're living out. It's a core value for us. In fact, the last couple of weeks we've talked about it. I ended our Closer series talking about it. And then Pastor Steve Chestnut here at the Keller campus, Chris Lerma at the McKinney campus, shared a great message. How many of you love Pastor Steve's message here at the Keller campus about loving it out, loving it out. And so we are a group of people on mission for Jesus, a clear mission that he's given to us as a family. And so for many of us, you hear this word missions and you have all these thoughts. It's like, what does that mean? What, is, what, is, what does that look like? Is that like for elite people? Is that something that is, you know, where you have to move to a different country? What, what is all of that? Even the term missions. I wanna try to help us make practical sense of that while we celebrate this weekend. In fact, talking about terms, I was riding down the road this week with my youngest, and uh, she and I on an ice cream date were coming back. She wanted to talk about family vacations. She's really into the family. She wants to know. She's planning. She's, she's, a, she's a little bit forward thinking. I don't know where she gets it from. But anyway, she's kind of trying to make sure everything's going forward. And started talking about family vacations. She said, Dad, let's do that thing again where we went, you know, we went on that trip. You know, we, we went camping. You know, Dad, that, that thing when you rented an RV. I said, let's not. Um, <laughs> I, I rented an RV when my kids were littler and you know, I realized something. I, I, I don't have enough mechanical abilities to be driving a home down the road, okay? <laughs> we went, we filled up the potty. You're supposed to know how to empty it. I don't know how to connect the stuff. So it was sloshing on our way home. Don't, don't picture it, okay? I mean, this was dangerous, okay? If I rented your RV, I apologize, okay? I'm sorry. And so I said, look, I don't know about all that. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound like we could really do that. We don't need to do that, you know? And she said, dad though, she said, there's a new way to do this thing now. We don't have to do the tent. We don't have to rent the RV. We can do glamping. Some of y'all, how many of y'all know what that term means? Maybe watching on glamping. I, I need to get out more, honestly. My kids teach me about stuff. So we could go, go glamping. I was like, what's that? Lainey Kate, help a brother out. Lane, we're gonna go glamping, what? Sounds fun, you know? She said, Dad, look, Barbie goes glamping. <laughs> She's got like a hot tub in her RV. I'm like, well, I don't need to be in charge of that either. I mean, I, and so she has this idea, glamping, you know? And, and so when you think about missions, a lot of times for some people, it's this sort of term that goes, man, that's just something that I'm not skilled at I can't get to, you know, for many of you, it's full on camping, it's not glamping. And I realize there's sacrifice involved, but my goal always is for the everyday person 
to understand that it's not so far out of your reach. It's not so distant and foreign and out there that you can't participate in it. We have a world today where we're more aware than ever of the challenges in our culture. We, we all have more exposure to problems. So therefore, that creates in our culture more dialogue about challenges and problems. So more people today are talking more than ever before about problems and challenges and circumstances and situations. But myself, I find a lot of people are discussing. A lot of people are, are feeling what they call compassion for situations with no real understanding of what can we actually do? How can we actually be a part of the solution? And so there's many of us who feel as if, look, we, we have been blessed we, we've received so much from God, and yet there's somehow we need to know how to take what we feel and the problems and circumstances, but how do we actually bring all this together to actually make a difference? What can I do to make a difference? And yet a lot of us feel like, look, there's a lot of problems, of course, out there. We have compassion and we have a concern for those problems, but we a lot of times don't know what to do about the problems that we have as well. So we don't know how to sort all this out. And then maybe sometimes we kind of lock in on our one specific challenge. Maybe we've been touched by one specific challenge and we're always wondering why, why we can't make a difference there and why more people don't share what we care about and how can we bring everyone together to make a difference. I wanna tell you, as a church family, we're not solving every problem, but we're solving more problems this year than we solved last year. We're not able to fix and solve every single thing, but slowly together, as we continue to come together, as we continue to pursue what Jesus is pursuing and walk together, then we're able to address more of the needs around us. And in fact, when you think about living missionally, it doesn't get more real than the fact that we will baptize more people this year than we ever have in the history of Milestone Church. We'll have a baptism coming up soon. <laughs> Hundreds of people, not, not just sort of saying, hey, I just wanna go get dunked, you know, but, but meeting with a pastor and walking through the reality of that and stepping out and saying, hey, I wanna follow Jesus. So we're living missionally every single day. I wanna take you to this passage in Ephesians 4 because I am thankful for every person and every situation that is on mission for Jesus. But I still believe that there is such supernatural power when God's people come together as a team. Teams win championships, individuals don't. And when the team that Jesus died for, the local church, comes together, it's incredibly impactful. Here's what the Bible says from Ephesians 4. It says, from him, that's Jesus, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. And it grows. It grows. There's some people kind of think it's negative if a church grows. And I understand that. Maybe you have been treated poorly or you've had a cold shoulder or you think, man, if something grows then that somehow makes uh, them less likely to value me or love me or be personable. But, but the fact is, growth is relative. 150, 500, 5,000, it's, it's relative. 
I don't believe growth is a negative. In fact, growth is the byproduct of health. When something is healthy, it will grow. Maybe 100 to 150 to 200. It's not about the numbers. I hear people say all the time, God's not into numbers. He did name a book of the Bible, Numbers. No, no, he's into people. People matter to him. And so when a group of people come together under the banner of the name of Jesus with a desire to see lives transformed, families healed, generations impacted, then more people begin to be added to that environment and then they're discipled and they learn how to do it with someone else. It grows. It's not just about growing though. Look what it says. It grows and it builds itself up in love. Here's my passion, that as we grow as a church, we would grow in our ability to love more. We'd grow in our ability to extend Christ's love more and more, grows and builds itself up in love, but here's how it happens. How it happens is many times we can become the answer to our own prayer. I hope this environment doesn't just grow and it just grows more stale and it grows more impersonal and it doesn't continue to love. Well, it says here, here's the remedy for that. As each part does its work. So when every piece is using its contribution, when every person brings what they have, something supernatural happens. There is growth, but there's a growth in the ability of this group, this organism, this body, this family, to love more, to extend the love of God, and that love and that goodness leads people to a place of change. You say, I don't really know how that works, Pastor Jeff, so I want us to talk about it practically, and I really prayed about it this year as a way. I'm wanting you to to really be able to connect with this. I've asked this question, how do we live on mission together? How do we live on mission together? Because I think any honest person would say, we need each other to accomplish what Jesus has called us to accomplish. We need one another. So how do we actually live on mission together? By the way, whenever you take a step missionally, you connect with God in a unique way. Anytime you step out, whether you're buying coffee and you pay for the person beside you or you you help someone around you, when you bring Jesus to your boardroom, when you bring Jesus to your play date, when you bring Jesus with you to your school activity, when you, in any way, and I know you're kinda like, wow, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, and you feel that stirring inside of you and the Holy Spirit tells you what to say, what to do, you have a closer connection to Jesus in that moment. You, You don't have to go across the world. You can. I believe there's something powerful happens there. I took my first mission trip as a high school student and I've led all my kids. I've taken all my kids, so much so that I have a son now that wants to do it for the rest of his life. Be careful if you expose your kids to this stuff. It can get crazy. But I tell you, if you've never, I've just encouraged you with this. If you've never worshiped with the global body of Christ, you should try it. It touches you in a unique way. The scriptures in Revelation that talks about every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every person, you, you, you sense God in a different way. So it's not just that, but it includes that. But it includes every aspect in every area, but a lot of us are going, wow, that sounds powerful. It sounds exciting. How do we actually do it? Well, I wanna deploy a, a teaching mechanism Uh, It's used in psychology, it's used in teaching, it's used in management, 
It's uh, actually used now by a lot of missiologists to help people. And so I want to draw a picture or a diagram. And now don't email me. I understand at some level that I'm going to lean on this body of Christ metaphor, but at some level it breaks down. We know Jesus is the head. We, we, we don't really know who's the thumb. Nobody wants to be the big toe. Come on now. We don't know how all that works out. So give me a little grace. But I want to try to impress something into your thinking here and us think about it this way in terms of how we live missionally together. Let's look at it this way. Here's a little diagram. I think to do it, we have to think about the heart. We have to think about our head we have to think about our hands. You have to think about the heart, you have to think about your head, and you have to think about your hands. Let's talk about the heart. The heart is where we find our motivation. The heart is where we are touched so deeply by Jesus that we begin to prioritize what he prioritizes. We, we begin to get close to him by being close to his purpose. But it's only when he touches your heart when he touches your heart, I heard about a lady that, that listened to the last week of Closer as I talked about discipleship and the go make disciples and God's plan for us and she drove to her teaching job and she arrived at her teaching job and one of the other teachers told me she showed up in tears because it was the first time she'd ever connected that I go to school as a teacher on mission. Just, just warmed my heart. I'm thinking, well, at least somebody was listening. You know what I'm saying? Somebody listened to the message. Well, I'm gonna tell you, the day you connect what you do every day to Jesus's mission is a game changer. It's a game changer. Because now you're moving from your heart into what you do every day. And it becomes a pure motivation. And I wanna say, I am so thankful to pastor a church with a huge heart like Jesus. Everywhere I hear about people and you interacting with people, whether it's a missions event or a small group or the way you serve people, people encounter Jesus. You, you don't, this is not, oh, you know, you're standing at the door greeting people. We've all been there, right? Where it's just like, how you doing? I'm afraid you're here. My pastor told me to stand here and shake your hand. I don't, I don't really like you, but, you know. <laughs> then we have to make up like spiritual words. How you doing? Blessed. <laughs> don't do that. That's gross, really. Honestly, it really is kind of gross. <laughs> but I mean, authenticity. You're so authentic. You love people. You're genuine with people in every circumstance, in every setting. I want to show you a video. I want to show you what a heart can do, the impact that it can make. And I want you to see what's happened through our church family this year. Watch this with me. From the very beginning of Milestone Church, we've held on to the firm belief that people matter to God. All people, in all walks of life, regardless of where they've been or what they've walked through, our heart has always been to reach, serve, love, and to give. We have a passion to meet needs and provide hope. And you may not know this, but you are helping reach people and build lives, both in our local community and around the world. This year, over 2,000 people served on 60 different projects at our second annual Serve Day. Teams provided breakfast and haircuts for the homeless, hosted a festival for refugee families, built a brand new gazebo at Bear Creek Park, 
and delivered lunches to local first responders. We also had a skilled projects team that cleared every code violation identified by the city of Keller and provided home makeovers for a few deserving families like Gloria. I've been a single mom raising four children, one in college, single income household. A group of about eight members came down. They each had a special skill that they were great in. They worked on my doors that were having difficulty closing. They replaced my blinds. They prayed over my house. They prayed over my family. They prayed over my situation, over my future. It's others loving me and my family, my children, the way Christ loves all of us. Through your generosity, we're also able to provide many ongoing services to single moms and widows, like college tuition assistance, lawn care, tutoring, and backpacks and school supplies for their children. We also launched a ministry aimed at providing care and community for veterans and active military personnel, including a special veteran celebration to honor these amazing men and women for their service. Through our local outreach teams, we delivered welcome boxes to 1,100 new families in our area, served 1,500 meals to low-income seniors, and provided over 1,000 meals to the homeless. Every month, we have Second Saturday Serve, where teams go out to be the hands and feet of Jesus, serving in many ways, like ministering to refugees from over 30 countries through home visits and children's outreaches, and providing groceries for over 300 of those families each month. Many Milestone families, like Chris and Emma, have had the opportunity to serve our refugees. My favorite memory was probably when I got to do the net message where you tell all the kids about Jesus. One of my girls accepted Jesus into their heart. After hearing that Emma gave the net message, I was filled with joy and just gratefulness. Many have come from uh, war-torn nations and come here and, and there's no one there for them. This helped me to prioritize what's more important, not chasing after uh, more business, not chasing after leisure time, but really digging in deep and, and serving others and, and sacrificing. In our desire to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we also partner with many like-minded ministries to bless people in our community. This September, we hosted our second annual Fairy Tale Ball for families with children who have life-threatening illnesses, like Starlet and Gabriella. Gabby's condition is known as mosaicism. It's affected everything from her heart, her brain, her lungs, mobility, global developmental delay, hearing impaired. The Fairy Tale Ball, when we first walked in, was breathtaking. Everyone you know, had a smile and so it was a break for us, a break from our normal stressful life. She was just awesome house, just running around everywhere with her sisters and, and enjoying the music and just all the smiling faces. After leaving the fairy tale ball, Gabby started to show signs of not feeling well. Unfortunately, by five o'clock the next morning, we were being rushed to the ER. Um, Gabby had gone into respiratory distress and had stopped breathing. After sitting and reflecting, if that had been Gabby's last night with us, at least we had those beautiful memories that we had made at the fairy tale ball as a family together. I think it was just an awesome way for people to share about God without words. 
you walked in and you just knew these people were full of Christ because they were just giving of themselves. They'll never know the impact that they made on families like ours that don't get many nights like these. Milestone's reach goes beyond our local community. And this year, we sent teams all over the world on global mission trips to places like Kenya, where we served through various work projects to provide food and other necessities to families in the community. And through an optometry outreach, our team performed over 200 eye exams and gave 175 pairs of custom prescription eyeglasses to those in need, all because people stepped out in faith and said yes to God's call. I work at Cook Children's Hospital and I've been a pharmacist for 11 years now. So a few weeks into coming to Milestone, um, during prayer uh, service, they were praying for these missionaries that were leaving to go to Kenya for uh, a mission trip. So immediately after the service, I ran through the crowds and I was asking who's the, who is in charge of missions. And I found out that they're going to Eldoret and Eldoret is the is a place that I grew up. And when we went there, we served in several capacities. Specifically, we did medical missions outreach. So we treated children, and then also we went out to other several villages around, and we were able to reach out and provide medical care. To reach out and to go to those places is really important because we're bringing the love of Christ to them in a physical way. The impact that this has made for God to use my career to, to serve him has been, it's been a privilege. This year alone, over 3,600 Milestone volunteers have served over 16,000 hours, reaching all kinds of people from all walks of life all over the world under one name, Jesus. God has called us to be his hands and feet, to love and reach people. It's our desire to impact the kingdom for Jesus, bringing a message of hope, faith, and love. Thank you, Milestone Church, for generously giving your time, prayer, and resources to reach people and build lives in our local community and around the world. Isn't that awesome? That's something to celebrate. And I want to say thank you to all of you that give, that serve. I want to say thank you to our, our team, the team that leads our missions area, Dr. Stacy Hatcher and all of the team there. Can we give them a round of applause as well? And thank you to all of you at the McKinney campus and online that are a part of this. And so it starts with the heart. If we're going to really break this down and say, okay, how do I really connect with it? It starts with the heart, but then it moves to the head. Our head is really the place of intentionality. And I love this verse of scripture in Isaiah 32. It says this, and I wanna tell you, I, I desire this for all of us, that we become people that embody this verse, but generous people plan to do what is generous. They plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. So in other words, when I memorized this verse as a young guy, it, it's, it's in, a, in the version that says they devise ways to be generous. We're constantly dreaming up and strategizing and thinking intentionally about ways to be generous to other people. You see, many times we're, we're moved and there's just kind of an instantaneous generosity. For instance, we've had these recent hurricanes. 
You need to know as a church family that when there is these type of crises, then we partner with local churches in their area so that the church that has the mobilized force able to address the problem but need resources, we immediately send resources. So in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and Panama City, Florida, instantly, right off the bat, from our missions department, we send thousands of dollars to help them so that that night we can say the next morning, the local church, you can wake up and have blankets and heaters and fans that dry the floor. And so you're a part of that. Because of your generosity, it makes it possible for us to help the church be responsive when crisis comes. There's something that you learn as you really get involved with the challenges and problems. It's not as simple as a post on social media. It's not as simple as just creating awareness. To bring long-term help to people, it requires intentionality. And that's why I believe that's where the local church comes in. As we started working with single parents and single moms and widows, we began to realize very quickly And thank you for your generosity because as you give to Christmas compassion that's coming up, as you think about what you wanna do for Christmas for people, we're gonna give thousands of dollars to single moms. We have our joy event. We bless them, we help them. And we're able to do that because of your generosity. But we realized very quickly, to really address the problem, it was not just being intentional about giving, but generosity has to go further than that. And so we began to understand that they need training in the area of financial peace. We began to help them with college things in all types of ways that we could put them in our freedom process in small groups. It's the same thing with veterans. As we've gotten involved with veterans, we're realizing that it's many times hard to break through that exterior, that shell. So, so why am I telling you this? I'm telling you it because as you participate in the family, as you become a person who's willing to reach out to another person, open up a small group, participate in our combat veteran program on Monday nights, or maybe you host a small group, or you're a single mom who gets active and gets involved, what happens is it's not just the financial generosity, but it's the people and relationships that begin to bring help and healing in the lives of people. So there's an intentionality. If you become around Milestone any amount of time, you can understand that we don't just wanna have a big heart, because I know a lot of times you can have a big heart and not be that effective. We wanna have a big heart, but we all wanna be intentional in our area of generosity as well. And that moves through every different area, from the code violations in our city. I'm asking you guys, I know this is weird as a pastor, I'm gonna ask you at the end of today to help us find the problems. Help us find the veteran who's locked up in his house and needs somebody to come and help him and he's struggling with PTSD. Help us find, yeah, I'm a pastor asking for more problems. We've asked the city for more problems. We've asked them, look, tell us where are the violations. We just found out there's one here in Keller. We have a projects team because we're intentional. We're intentional. We have a team of people who are skilled with their hands. I'm not on that team. I think the body of Christ gift I got was the mouth, okay? So you just gotta use what you got. But we've got 20 people going to address a code violation issue in our city. Our mayor came here after we opened this building. Even as we open buildings, it's not about buildings, it's about a place to gather people to help them get help and healing and wholeness and transformation. When we opened this building at our dedication, our mayor came and said our city would be a different place if it wasn't for you people being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So we wanna be intentional. We wanna be intentional. 
And the most intentional thing we want to be is we need to understand this is about eternity. We, we don't want people with new glasses and a full stomach to go to hell. Because make no mistake, we serve out of the love we have for Christ. We serve people, we help people no matter what, but our ultimate goal is that people would make a profession to serve Jesus Christ, to accept him and his grace into their life and be transformed from the inside out. We're intentional about that. Here's number three, we gotta get our hands in it. A lot of times we're a whole lot more generous in our mind than we are in real life. And so we've gotta at some point move it not just from heart and not just head to where we've gotta participate. Our hands represent this place. We talk about being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Our hands represent the place where we actually do something. A little less talk and a lot more action. I appreciate all the rhetoric in our culture today, but here as a church, you need to know this. We're not big on the rhetoric, but we are big on serving refugees, serving veterans, serving single moms. We're big on saying, look, let's get our hands dirty. Let's actually make a difference. You can participate as well. You say, pastor, how can I actually participate? Well, first thing you need to know is, no one can do everything. No one can do everything. That's why we all have to have a role to play. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Everyone can do something. There's three ways to get involved. I'm gonna ask you to pull that card back out with me, and this card is a connection point for participation. You can participate. You can participate in a whole host of different ways, but you can participate. And so I'm gonna talk in a minute about the top one there, but we have some different options here and our team would love the opportunity to serve you. And um, our team here at the Keller campus will be in the Commons. There'll be a team of people there at the McKinney campus ready to answer your questions and try to help you if you have some questions regarding this. But this card is your key to participation. The second thing is give. You can give. And I know some of you are, have a, a busy travel schedule and there's only seasonal things. Maybe you can participate in a Thanksgiving type event or, or serve day that I'm gonna talk about in a minute, but you have a, a lot of things around your life and I just want you to know, I don't wanna minimize it. The Bible says that there are these feet that carry the gospel, but how do they carry the gospel unless they're sent? And so resources, why can we give resources thousands of dollars to a hurricane challenge or how can we give resources over $100,000 of things that we're gonna give to single moms? Why can we do that? Because you give. It's just that simple. I try to talk to my young kids about this, that compassion is this in vogue thing. It's like get a cool Instagram photo and say, I'm compassionate. And I tell them, look, you can have all the compassion in the world, but a big vision to be compassionate to the world without any money is a hallucination. You know that's funny, go ahead and laugh, it's true. <laughs> because of your generosity, we have the fuel to be compassionate. We can handle a code violation, we can handle a situation. So every time you tithe, every time you offer, you're giving us the ability. And I'd love for you to note there in that brochure that over $2 million. I remember the day as a young pastor, I dreamed of giving a million dollars to missions. I can't believe this year over $2 million given to causes outside of our church. I, I can't even believe it. How many of you know God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you will ever ask or think if you just join into what his purpose is in the earth? So thank you for your giving. And here's the final thing. I love this because 
It's the most simple, easy, practical step for you to get involved, no matter if you're an empty nester, you're a widow, you're a single mom, a single parent, you're, you're married, not married, single, you want to get your kids involved, this, this weekend event of Serve Day is the greatest opportunity for you to get involved in participating. We had over 2,000 people participate. It's such a demonstration last year of God's power, the connected church that goes out and makes a difference. And I wanna encourage you this year, you can take that top box and say, put me down for Serve Day 2019. On Saturday, May the 4th, we're gonna gather here in red shirts from young to old. Here's my favorite Serve Day volunteer from last year. I had to show y'all this pic. Come on now, that's not fair, but I went and grabbed the little baby and held it, you know. This serve day baby, y'all know what I'm saying. But anyway, young and old, we gather together and on one day, we just jumpstart this process a little bit. So I'm gonna ask you to come and participate. Really, as we're preparing for it, here's the final thing I'm gonna ask you. Well, I, want to, I want to ask you to help us with the projects. In fact, if you go to our serve day website, we're looking for the projects. Where are, where are, last year we heard from the city about the gazebo. We built a gazebo. We're looking for the problems. The church solves problems. So help us find some of these situations in our communities so that we can solve those problems. Maybe you wanna nominate a family. Um, we have, again, people wanting to help with these these construction things. You know, we, we remodeled a single mom's house. We helped with another event. Um, um, I heard about a guy in our church who's a, a home developer in our area. He said, I have teams of people. And, and so we're, we're looking for, just because you nominate this, we'll still vet it because we wanna be intentional. Are you with me? But help us find some of these situations so that on serve day, we can go out and make a radical difference. We're believing for 3,000 of you to show up this year and us go out as red shirts. It's one of the coolest displays of the resource-rich environment called the local church. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about skills and abilities and tools. People have stuff, you know what I'm saying? People bring up like a lawnmower, a chainsaw. One guy had one of those hunting buggies last year right out here behind the building here at the Keller campus. I pulled up, had a hunting buggy. I said, brother, you brought it. He said, yeah, I had to get it for serve day. I told my wife, we really need this to serve Jesus. <laughs> And so my wife, I'd tell her, you know, it's for the Lord, brother. I mean, it's, it's for Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but we just all bring our part. If we'll just keep bringing our part of the love of Jesus and bring what we have, we make a difference. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through us and among us. We don't take it for granted. If there's one person listening to me, maybe online right now or in this room or at our Keller campus, maybe at 1230, and they don't know you, Jesus. They feel separate, they feel guilty. Maybe that's you, you feel guilty, you feel separate. You feel like I'm on the outside of all this. Jesus didn't come to make you better. He didn't come to try to cover up your problems. Jesus came to change you from the inside out, change your motivations change your heart and you can simply say to Jesus, Jesus, here I am just like I am. Come into my heart and life. I receive you today as my Jesus. I believe you died on a cross for me, rose from the dead. You, you pray that prayer. I'm asking you to let us know. 
Let us know that you prayed that prayer. If you prayed it, Jesus came in to change you. Come to 101. Come to the baptism at the first of the month next month. Take a step. But for all of us, Lord, Jesus, you have come and poured yourself out upon us in such a powerful way. Let us pour our own lives out for others. Show us how, Lord, to have that heart that you have on a daily basis. Show us how to be more intentional. And Lord, ultimately, help us to take our hands and bring the part that you gave us into the picture so that we together make an incredible difference in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 